So Lesbian Visibility Day, I hope you hugged a lesbian, you sent her money, you made her feel worth it because she is one of the most amazing people that you have in your life. I grabbed my drink, I gathered my cats, now let's talk about your favorite MILF. Listen, I'm recording this on Monday, April 26th. So happy Lesbian Visibility Day to all of my lesbian listeners out there. I'm honestly very extremely visible 24-7, 365 days a year. But on Lesbian Visibility Day, we all go a little bit further to show that we're here, that we're valid, that our love is valid. As I started becoming part of the community and befriending people within the community, I realized how important each label having their own day actually is. And the thing is that so many of us are actually scared to label ourselves. And when it comes to lesbians, a lot of lesbians are either terrified or disgusted by the word lesbian. The truth is that it's a word that has been hypersexualized for a really long time and it has been used in a really bad way to talk badly about women and that's why lesbians are sometimes so scared to label themselves. Um, I can speak from myself. My journey was a long one as I have already spoken and it took me a while to actually say the word lesbian and I feel like a lot of it was because lesbian seemed like a bad word, you know, like you couldn't say it. A lot of women that I were talking to who were actually lesbians used the word gay a lot to describe themselves. And I believe that that happens because the word gay is more commonly used or more accepted or seen under a better light. So lesbians feel safe when calling themselves gay. This is something that I used to do all the time. Even when I was defining myself as bisexual, I will always use the term gay. To this day, I am actually still working on it. Sometimes when I'm tweeting and I'm talking about a woman, a character on a TV show, anything like that, I talk about this character and I'm like, oh, I am so gay. But lately, in the last, I want to say, year and a half, two years, whenever I'm about to tweet the word gay, I replace it for the word lesbian. It's a work in progress because sometimes I slip and I just go with gay just because it's safer. We all use it. It's more common. But I have been trying to use the word lesbian instead. For example, today I quote tweeted uh, two pictures of Angela Bassett. And instead of saying I am gay, I put I am a lesbian. You know, it's trying to reinforce our term. It's not a bad word. Being a lesbian is not a bad thing. It's actually a beautiful thing. Loving a woman is beautiful. And it's a journey, of course, and you will come to accept it as you come to accept yourself. But if you're afraid of using the word lesbian, take this as a sign that one day you will not be afraid anymore. Like I said, it's not a bad word. It's a great word. It defines who you are. You should not be scared of it. And I do understand that it comes with years of negative connotations, but you should not be afraid to use it if it belongs to you. If you're a woman who loves women, 
are lesbian. So go ahead, be proud of it. And uh, to all of my lesbians who are still in the closet, are still afraid to come out, I see you. You're still visible on this day. You're visible every single day. And whenever you're ready, we're going to be here waiting for you to embrace you and make you feel part of this community that is so beautiful. I have such great friends who are lesbians who have helped me in this journey. And today I celebrate them. I celebrate every lesbian character, particularly Gwendolyn and Lotta from Flores Raras, who made me feel seen and made me feel like I am worth it. Hold on to those characters, those friends, those people who make you feel like your label is good and that you are actually worth it. Um, I also want to make a tiny note to say that although the word dyke used to be taken completely negative and it was a way to insult lesbians, a lot of us have taken that word back and we use it to show that we are proud of who we are. But please, 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 if you're not a lesbian, do not use it because it's still a slur. It still has negative connotation when it comes from someone who does not define themselves as a lesbian. So, Lesbian Visibility Day, I hope you hugged a lesbian, you sent her money, you made her feel worth it because she is one of the most amazing people that you have in your life. And moving on to this week's MILF, let me tell you, this episode's going to be a little bit different. So, I found myself in the last, I want to say week, week and a half, falling back into my full fangirl mode. What does this mean? Rewatching episodes over and over again, rewatching entire seasons over and over again, only for one character or one ship. For a long time, I hadn't done this. And when I felt at my most depressed, at my saddest, I stopped embracing who I really was. And I stopped connecting with this fangirl side of me. The truth is that I am 100% a fangirl. I can go out and do my life normally, have both jobs that I have normally, and no one's going to find out. But then there's this side of me that comes out when I'm with people that make me feel comfortable, whether it be family, friends, you know, and my fangirl side comes out and I feel okay sharing that. But for a long time, I wasn't okay. I wasn't connecting with that part of me. And that's why I felt like I wasn't myself for such a really long time. My, even my confidence was non-existent. And reconnecting with this part of myself has helped me build my confidence again. For the last year, I had been coming back slowly to it. But like I said, in the last week, week and a half, I smacked right into it and I'm fully back. My Twitter friends probably notice it. My friends that I text every single day probably notice it. My girlfriends has noticed it. My family has noticed it. You know, I am back. So while being back, I fell in love with a new ship and I fell in love with a new MILF. But before we start talking about her, let me share with you listeners a couple of concepts that belong to fangirls, stan Twitter, that you may not know but are key to this episode. 
So first of all, we have ships, which, you know, is a couple that you want to be together in a TV show or in a book or in a film, in a theater play, anything. It's just a couple, two fictional characters that you want to be together. And trust me, every stand has a long list of ships. Within those ships, we have what we call our OTP, which is our one true pairing. So that's going to be your top, top, top ship. It can be, like I said, anyone from anything that you watch, read, whatever. But obviously, two fictional characters. We like to stick to fictional characters because crossing that line between shipping to real people, you know, no, it's dangerous. Don't do it. So stay within the fictional world. So OTP. And then we have what's canon, which I'm probably butchering the word, but canon means that the ship actually happened within the, in this case, we're going to talk about shows. So the couple happened within the TV show. You're so happy because it's real. You get all those scenes of your couple being together, holding hands, kissing, hugging, fucking, whatever it is. But then we have head canon, which means that's in your head. In your head, they're 100% real. They happen. You see every tiny detail on screen, but they haven't actually become an official couple. And they may never become an official couple. Trust me, I have a long list of those too. And the truth is that most stands actually have head cannons, and it's the ships that they want to see but end up not happening. Shows end and your ship never happened. I've been there. Elliot and Olivia fans are there, are still fighting to go from headcanon to canon. It's a revolution out there on Twitter. Take a look. So, why are these concepts so important? Well, let me tell you. I've been shipping fictional characters for as long as I can remember. Like I said, I started fully watching TV shows when I was like nine years old and I started watching SVU with my mom. From there on, I started having a long list of ships from Stam and Naomi in private practice, Joe and Mac in CSI New York. Um, I have so many that I cannot even name them. Evil Charming, Regina and Charming from Once Upon a Time, insane, love that. Rossi and Strauss from Criminal Mind. And one of my OTPs, probably the one that I had obsessed over the most and was a head cannon ship because it never happened and it probably at this point never will because it has crossovers two different shows was Benson Olivia Benson from Special Victims Unit and Hank Boyd from Chicago PD so when the entire craze of Elliot and Olivia started happening again that ship it like never stopped. He disappeared, went away for 10 years, but the shippers were still there. They were low key, almost asleep, but boy, the minute he came back, those fans woke the fuck up and they're everywhere. I didn't know how many I followed on Twitter until now. And now I know they're insane. I love them because I have so many friends who ship them. My mom ships them, but it's been a wild ride. So when this started happening, my feelings for Olivia Benson and Hank Boyd, Benoit, came back. 
And I remember how I used to write fan fiction, how I used to have a group chat with a bunch of people and we would send like short fics, songs that reminded us of the couple, everything. And I started going back to my old Twitter days, you know, and it made me feel so good. But my one true pairing was definitely headcanon and was always going to stay headcanon. But as I started falling back into this old ways, I fell completely in love with Chicago PD again. Chicago PD is a show that I started watching and this is my toxic trait. I am in love with Hank Boyd. Like, I love him. I know he's so problematic. I know everything that he has done wrong, but I am in love with him. So when I started watching Chicago PD again, well, re-watching, because I never stopped watching Chicago. I've been watching it from the very beginning. But I started re-watching it and going crazy about it. I discovered a new ship. And that brings us back to the MILF of the week. Before last year ended, when season eight of CPD began, a new woman joined the show. One of the most beautiful women I had ever seen. I realized that I had seen her in one episode of CSI, but besides that, I had never actually seen her or paid attention to her career at all. But this woman, oh my God, she is one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. Her eyes, her eyes are 100% mesmerizing. Like, I'm thinking about them right now, and I can't speak. Like, wow. So she joined CPD. And at first, I didn't know how I was going to feel about her character because, you know, she was telling Boyd how he has to change his ways unless he wants to get fired. So I was like, oh, damn, someone's going to come and mess with my boy. But as the episodes went by, I was like, shit, no. This is my new ship. Now I want... Hank Boyd to end up with Samantha Miller. Don't get me wrong. I still love Benoit and I wish it could happen. But Boyd and Miller, that's my new ship. And it could actually become canon. We don't know. So the woman behind Samantha Miller, the new character that has me head over heels and has me obsessing over CPD again, embracing my full fangirl life again, is Nicole Ari Parker. I went to social media, looked her up. Her Instagram made me even more of a lesbian because she is gorgeous, like I said. And her character came in right at the perfect time for Chicago PD. I don't want to spoil too much because I don't know people who are watching it who will watch it. I don't know. And I don't like spoiling things for people. But her character comes in. Obviously, she's a police officer. She's a superintendent. So she's Hank Boyd's boss. And she comes in and she wants to change the ways in which the entire police is behaving and is acting. And obviously, at first, there is this sort of crush. You know, they're crushing against each other, Hank and Miller, just because they're different, but actually the same. They want the same thing at the end, but they have done it through different means. If you have seen CPD or if you've heard about it, you know that Hank Boyd is a tough cop. 
he beats perps up he uses money to pay off people he has been in jail you know he's tough and he's not afraid to cross that line to protect the people that he loves and to get a perp in jail but as Samantha comes in she's asking him to do everything by the book which is extremely hard for Hank Boyd and this whole like sort of enemies at first but then they're friends and companions and they're finally on the same page and they're working together is one of the best plot lines that you can use for a ship I've done my research on Twitter because I wanted to see how people started shipping certain characters like what's the one thing that gets you to be like I want those two characters to be together and you write fan fiction you made fan videos you create group chats to talk to your friends about you tweet about it you watch one episode after the other over and over again and I found out that there's different plot lines that attract people but two of the most important ones the ones that take the prize are enemies to lovers and partners those two tropes are the ones that get people shipping fictional characters the most trust me I see it every day on my timeline actually today there was a tweet going around about someone saying like what is it about me and shipping partners on every show that I watch and I was thinking about it and the same thing happened to me like at first you know Olivia and Voight and now Boyd and Miller Joe and Mac from CS High New York Strauss and Rossi from Criminal Minds like what is it about these couples that attract us so much and it's their dynamic is their chemistry and the same thing happens with enemies to lovers they start hating each other but then they get to know each other and they realize that they want the same thing and that trope takes the prize it's the chemistry that builds within these characters they have a history together when they're partners or when they're enemies and then they become friends and then they become lovers there's history there and that's what attracts fans the most we want to see the history we want to see the build-up to this relationship and a lot of the times that build-up or that relationship ends up being headcanon because writers don't go there or are afraid to go there I would I'm actually thinking about another couple right now, which is Kid Boss and Randolph Bell from The Resident, and how the writers continuously tease about it. And you've seen them grow so much. If you watch The Resident, both characters have grown a lot, especially Bell. Season one, we hated him, and now we love him because there was character development in which Kid Boss actually showed him, like, you can be better than this, and he started working towards that. And writers know that fans are attracted to that so they play with it and they tease in interviews like oh kid and bell it might happen you don't know you have to keep watching and it's because they know that that history attracts us and I've come to realize that a lot of lesbians have a long list of ships and most of them are heterosexual couples and what I've noticed the most is that it's heterosexual couples over 45 and I have a theory about this first of all is because all lesbians are attracted to older women and a lot of lesbians 
fancy older man. Like, no, I want to fuck you, but like, oh, I like your character. You're an older guy. I like your character. I want you to be with this woman that I would want to fuck. Um, we have that. But my theory is that we rely on these relationships because we see a character development. We see a history that we wish we could see in couples like us. We don't normally get that. The Fosters is a great show to actually see a lesbian character, uh, a lesbian couple fall in love and have a history together. And that's the kind of love that we're looking for. But most of the time we have to find it on heterosexual couples. So my theory is that we rely on them because we don't see it anywhere else. As I was growing up and, you know, exploring my sexuality and coming to understand myself, I realized that I kept obsessing over all these heterosexual couples, middle-aged heterosexual couples. And at first it was like, because, oh, you know, I'm bisexual, so I like both of them. Then it was like, oh, I'm a lesbian. I actually like the woman. But it's the entire the dynamic that attracts us. And it attracts people of all uh, sexualities. Straight people, gay people, pansexual, bisexual, lesbians. We all have ships. And it's also because it brings us joy to watch within the show. Of course, we love the plot line of the shows because if not, we would not be watching them. But there's something spicy and fun about having a couple that you want to see end up together. You are happy when they have one scene together. Trust me, Miller and Boyd, in the last episode, they had four scenes together. And I watched that episode three times just to watch those four scenes and watch them interact. It doesn't hurt that Nicole Ari Parker, like I said, is absolutely fucking beautiful. So she's very nice to look at. So it helps, you know, to have those couples. It attracts us. It keeps us coming back because we want to see them, like I said, happy when they're together. We are sad when they fight or they break up or they disappear from each other's life. We're angry when the writers write shit that we do not see as believable because that couple becomes so important to us. And the truth is that a lot of people, a lot of stands use these couples as an escape as well. The same way that we have a MILF of the month, the year, the week, whatever it is, or we obsess over a show, a book, a song, a movie. We obsess over a couple in different periods of our life, depending on what we're going through. And I can admit that right now I am 100% obsessed with Hank Boyd and Sam Miller because they make me feel good. It's like I'm finally seeing Hank Boyd being happy. And it could happen with a woman who's there, who understands him, who wants the same things that he wants. For so long, we've seen him just fighting people. And now he might get a happy ending. But do not worry. My one true pairing will still be Benoit. Deep, 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 deep down inside of me, I still have hope. I doubt it. But it, that hope is still there. But the point is that sometimes we fall in love with a MILF through a relationship that they're part of, through a character that they play. 
it doesn't necessarily happen like you like the MILF and then you go through all of her filmography and you make your way through her history. In this case, I really, really love seeing Nicole Ari Parker on Chicago PD. And as I fell in love with her character, I came to admire her and the work that she has done. Like I said, this happened like a week and a half ago. So I have obviously not made it through her filmography, through the movies that she's been in, the TV shows, nothing. I made uh, small research before recording this episode just because I wanted to see the kind of work that she had been on. And I obviously have seen the CSI episode that she was in. But I still have to make my way through it. And the beauty of this is that being a fangirl, obsessing over a relationship, over a character, can lead you to discovering a very talented actress. And I have a feeling that this is what's going to happen with Nicole Ari Parker. Once I am done obsessing over episodes of Chicago PD in which she's in, because right now I'm rewatching the entire season just to watch her episodes, once I'm done with that, I will move on to something new, but for me, but old, that she has been in, just so that I can learn more about her and see the work that she has done. I believe, because of the tweets that I've seen, her posts on social media, that she's a really good MILF to admire, a really good MILF to take a look at her work. She's extremely talented from what I've seen in the few episodes that she's been in. So I'm excited to explore that. And if you are hesitant to explore a new MILF's filmography just because you've had too many MILF's in the past or because her filmography is really long, do not be scared. Go ahead and do it. I will guarantee that it's worth it. Every MILF that you find an attraction to is worth the time. Trust me, even if not, the movies are not like what you usually watch, it's still worth it. And... For anybody who's wondering, Nicole Ari Parker is actually a MILF because she's a mom. So it's not just a vibe because she does have the MILF vibe, but it's actually a MILF. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this one is for all my lesbians more than ever. Happy Lesbian Visibility Day a few days later. I am so proud of who you are. Do not be afraid to call yourself a lesbian. Lesbian is not a bad word. And whenever you're ready, whenever you want to break through your closet doors, we are right here. I am so proud of every single lesbian out there, whether out or in the closet. We love you. We see you. And you're extremely visible. Our drinks are empty. Our cats are ready for a nap. So join me next week and let's talk about your favorite MILF. And if you like talking about your favorite MILF, please leave me some comments, review the podcast, let me know what you think of this, and let's help other lesbians find us, other cats join us, and let's keep talking about your favorite MILF.